Tech Writer Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 724 for the 1st of January, 2021. This week, some applications update themselves, but many don't. A utility called Patch My PC can help with more than 300 programs that might be installed on your Windows computer. In short circuits, this year's Pantone Color of the Year is actually two colors. I'll explain the reasoning for that, and we'll take a look at Ultimate Gray and Illuminating Yellow. The latest version of the Mac OS, Big Sur, adds features, fixes problems, and creates problems. In spare parts, only on the website, if your Windows computer is still running version 1809, it's time to update it. For the first time in its more than 50-year history, the Consumer Electronics Show goes fully virtual this year. And 20 years ago, Microsoft's Internet Explorer and Netscape's Navigator were battling for supremacy, but Netscape was already entering what would become a death spiral. Although some applications update themselves, that's not true for every application. Those who work for organizations with IT departments may have both their hardware and all their applications updated automatically. That's not an option for the rest of us. Or is it? In mid-November, I described Ninite's advantages. It doesn't manage updates for all applications, I said. And if you want it to monitor your applications in real time, you'll need to pay for the pro version. The free version keeps track of more than 100 applications, and all you need to do is to remember to run it occasionally. I heard from John Kennedy a couple of days later. He said, Ninite does a great job, but Patch My PC does even more, in my opinion. It checks a lot more because it scans your computer to see what's installed and then checks for updates. And it has a master list bigger than Ninite that can be used to install programs. Finally, it's an executable program that runs only when you want it to. So after that recommendation, I had to take a look, and I was impressed. But I was also occasionally confused and annoyed, but only once, and fixing the annoyance was easy. Patch My PC does offer to install and update more applications than Ninite, but initially I thought the application had to be run manually. The process can be automated, and in a way that's actually better than the Ninite process. Setting up the automated process, however, was one of my annoyances. I'll get to that in a moment, but first, let's take a look at how the application works, and be sure to check out the images on the TechBiter Worldwide website. The first time you open Patch My PC, you'll see a list of all applications it knows about in the left column, and all of the applications that it knows about and that are installed on your computer in the right column. It found that most of my installed applications were up-to-date, yay me. The up-to-date applications are shown in green in both columns. Calibra and Vivaldi were outdated, so they were shown in red on both lists. The left column also has a lot of entries shown in black. This means the applications are not installed. 
Those who are red-green colorblind can change the display colors. That's a plus. During each update or installation process, the procedure displays status information in the right panel. Each application that's installed will generate a new icon on the desktop. That was another minor annoyance because I keep very few icons on the desktop. It was easy enough to delete them later, but I also found a setting in the Options panel that forces Patch My PC to delete all of the newly created desktop items at the end of the process. Some applications opened automatically after being installed. That's something I don't like, but it seems to be application-specific, not something that's the fault of Patch My PC, and as such, there's nothing Patch My PC can do about it. To install an application that Patch My PC knows about, select it by checking the selector in the list on the left, then click the Perform Update button in the lower right corner of the user interface. It is possible to select multiple installations to run on a single pass. Patch My PC is a portable application. It requires no installation. When run, it creates a log file in the directory where the executable file is. The executable file may be run from any location on the computer or from a USB thumb drive. Running from a thumb drive will generally preclude automatic operation unless the thumb drive is attached at all times. It's better to create a folder on the desktop or on any disk drive that's permanently attached to the computer if you want to use the automatic process. Setting Patch My PC to run automatically is done from the scheduler panel, and the process is quite easy. Start by selecting whether you want the updater to run daily, every 2, 3, 5, 10, or 20 days, once every week or two weeks, or once per month. Another option will force the process to run if you turn the computer on after the scheduled runtime. For example, say you schedule the process to run daily at 7 a.m., but you oversleep one day and turn the computer on at 9.30. Setting run as soon as possible when missed will force the job to run immediately, not wait till the next day. The other options are task enabled, which must be set to true if you want the job to run, whether patch my PC is visible when it runs, and whether you want the job to run even if you're not logged in. Once you get all the settings the way you want them, click the Save Suggested Schedule button. And here's the most serious annoyance. Even though I set my scheduled job to run at 7 a.m., it was recorded in the Windows Task Scheduler as 7 p.m. The observant user will also notice that Patch My PC changes a.m. to p.m. after saving the job in its own interface. Fixing it requires opening the task scheduler, locating the Patch My PC job, and changing the runtime from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. If you are familiar with the operation of the task scheduler, you can also modify other job parameters. Once the job is set up properly, the task scheduler will display the Patch My PC job as scheduled at the proper time. In addition to installing applications, Patch My PC can also uninstall applications. Open the Uninstaller tab, select one application or several, right-click, and choose the Uninstall option. 
Patch My PC runs on any version of Windows from XP and above. It requires Microsoft Net Framework 4.5, so if you're still running Windows XP, you will need to download an older version of Patch My PC that supports Microsoft Net Framework 3.5. Once installed, Patch My PC automatically updates itself when new versions are released. If you want to run the application on multiple home PCs and use the same settings on each, you can export the settings to a file and then place that file in the program's directory on your other computers. Sometimes it's essential to run an older version of an application because some other installed application depends on that older version. To ensure that an application is never updated, find it in the left column list, right-click it, and choose Disable Auto-Updating of this app. The free service is funded by corporate payments for the commercial service, which ranges from a starting price of $1,000 per year for a basic plan to $2,500 per year for the Enterprise Plus plan. Apparently, there is also an additional per-seat cost. Now, that may appear to be excessive but it automates activities that would require efforts by system administrators. The logic works for more than 2,100 organizations, supporting nearly 7 million computers. Those who use the free home version can contribute, and if you feel that Patch My PC saves time and keeps your computer up to date, consider playing fair and providing a contribution. The bottom line for Patch My PC, five cats... Patch My PC keeps some 300 applications up to date. I have to agree with John Kennedy that while Ninite is a most capable application, Patch My PC does even more. New users will find two videos on the organization's website. One explains basic operations. The other reviews a variety of advanced concepts. The added abilities to schedule updates and uninstall applications you no longer want are added benefits. Additional details are available on the Patch My PC website, and you'll find a link to that from the TechBiter Worldwide website, www.techbiter.com. If you find these podcasts useful, and I hope you do, might you consider a donation? There are no ads here, and support from listeners is the sole source of income. It's easy. Just visit the website and click the Donate button near the top of any page. You can make a one-time donation or schedule a repeating donation every month. I thank you. And so does the cat. In short circuits, let's call this segment Maybe We'll Be a Yellow Carnation in 2021. Pantone, the company that helps designers and manufacturers maintain color standards, names a color of the year. And this year, the color of the year is actually two colors, Pantone 17-5104 Ultimate Gray and Pantone 13-0647 Illuminating Yellow. 
The company says Ultimate Gray and Illuminating Yellow are two independent colors that highlight how different elements come together to support one another. And this, they say, best expresses the mood for Pantone Color of the Year 2021. Developers and manufacturers usually follow Pantone's lead and create products using the Color of the Year. There's an old joke about everyone having a pink car because pink became so popular at one point, so we'd be a pink car nation. I recycled that old joke to get the yellow carnation I led with. Well, anyway, Pantone says the combo is practical and rock solid, but at the same time, warming and optimistic. It's a story, they say, of color that encapsulates deeper feelings of thoughtfulness with the promise of something sunny and friendly. Yeah, you've probably guessed the PR department wrote that. The Pantone Color Institute is the division that highlights the top seasonal runway colors, selects the Pantone Color of the Year, forecasts global color trends, and advises companies on color for product and brand visual identity. Adobe Stock has created a curated collection of imagery with visual effects that include still photography, design templates, 3D, and motion graphics to inspire creators. You'll find a link to that collection on the TechBiter Worldwide website this week. Adobe also says the colors depict warm and cheerful thoughts in the illuminating yellow hue to boost morale, while the ultimate gray hue represents natural elements provoking feelings of resilience and composure. We could use those in 2021. Writing on Adobe's blog, Brenda Mills takes an in-depth look at the colors and how they can be used independently or together. Even non-designers may find that discussion worthwhile, and that's why you'll find a link to that also on this week's TechBiter Worldwide website. Although I don't spend a lot of time writing about the Mac OS, I do have an aging MacBook. It was just updated to Big Sur, so I wanted to see what's new. Let's check it out. Before updating, it is important to know what model of Mac you have. You can do that by selecting the Apple logo in the upper left corner of the screen when the computer is running, and selecting About This Mac. You'll find the model name, for me that was a MacBook Pro Retina 13-inch early 2015, the processor type, uh, for me it was 2.9 GHz dual-core Intel i5, how much memory is installed, 16 GB, the kind of graphics card installed, Intel Iris Graphics 6100, the serial number, and the current version of the operating system, Catalina Mac OS 10.15. Big Sur will run on any MacBook Air, MacBook Pro, or Mac Pro 2013 and later, on any Mac Mini or iMac 2014 and later, on any MacBook 2015 and later, and on any iMac Pro 2017 and later. My Mac is in that group, but probably won't be capable of handling very many more updates. I live so far in the past that I miss having an operating system named after big cats, cheetah, snow leopard, panther, for example. But then they ran out of big cats and started using mountains, Yosemite, El Capitan. Now they've expanded to other locations in California, Catalina and Big Sur. I wonder if Apple would consider using Ohio place names, like maybe Indian Lake, for example, or a city in Maine, like Bangor. Or would Stephen King have to sign off on something like that? 
Well, anyway, Google Maps says Big Sur is a rugged stretch of California's central coast between Carmel and San Simeon, bordered to the east by the Santa Lucia Mountains and the west by, yeah, the Pacific Ocean. It is traversed by a narrow two-lane State Route 1, known for winding turns, seaside cliffs, and views of the often misty coastline. That's a good description from Google Maps. I have driven California 1. I can attest to the scenery, and it is magnificent. It should take about six hours to drive from San Francisco to Los Angeles on I-5, but many years ago I made the trip on California 1. Google says the expected time using the Pacific Coast Highway should be about eight and a half hours. Well, it took me more like 12 hours. Every time there was an area marked Scenic View, and frequently whenever there was just a relatively wide spot between the highway and the cliffs, I stopped. The views were simply magnificent. But as usual, I digress. Let's get back to Big Sur. My first impression was that the computer still looked a lot like a Mac running Mac OS, but then I noticed that Thunderbird didn't work. I had to uninstall and reinstall it, but most of the applications did seem to work. The new version of the Mac OS also isn't compatible with earlier versions of Snagit and with a few other applications. Apple says that everything will look different. Well, apparently I spend so little time on a Mac, which I actually use to create the report that you'll find on the TechBiter Worldwide website, that everything looked a lot like nothing much. So I concentrated, and what I found is that some of the changes do make the computer look more like an iPad, and I do use the iPad every day. So maybe that's why I didn't think much had changed. I did notice that the control center from the iPad is now on the computer, there's an icon made of two toggle switch icons in the upper right corner. Tap it and you'll have quick access to some standard settings for Wi-Fi and Bluetooth connections, screen brightness, volume control, things like that. Although it's not possible to move items around in the control center, visiting dock and menu bar in system preferences does make it possible to add or remove features on the control center. Apple says that Big Sur brings the biggest update to Safari since its original launch in 2003. Well, perhaps, but I don't like or use Safari on a Mac, and it's no longer available for Windows computers. My preference is Firefox on Windows, Mac OS, Android, and iOS devices. But, okay, let's take a look at Safari. Although it is late to the party, Safari can now display 4K video, Siri can translate pages that aren't in English. There is one noteworthy addition. Instead of just showing your favorite or frequently visited websites when you open a new tab, you'll also see a privacy report for how many trackers Safari has blocked. Safari also displays a shield icon left of the address bar. Clicking it will display how many trackers it has blocked on the current page. That's nothing that's not already available in Firefox. The Apple Maps application has been improved, but does it match Google Maps? Well, the answer is no. There is still no real good street view, although look around is a feature that attempts to replicate the Google feature, but only in a few cities. And the satellite views mostly are fuzzy at best. If I used Apple's Messages app, I would probably enjoy its enhanced capabilities for the Apple Watch, if I had an Apple Watch. 
Big Sur adds several new features from iOS 14 on mobile devices. It is now possible to pin conversations to the top of the threads section, and users can add message effects like balloons or confetti. These are new features for the Mac OS, but really not new features. So for me, the bottom line is this. If you use a Mac and your Mac is capable of running the Big Sur update, you probably should download it and install it, but don't expect any really big changes. You don't need to update anything to read spare parts. Just head over to the TechBiter Worldwide website, and this week you'll find these articles. If your Windows computer is still running version 18.09, it's time to update it. For the first time in its more than 50-year history, the Consumer Electronics Show goes fully virtual this year. And 20 years ago, Microsoft's Internet Explorer and Netscape's Navigator were battling for supremacy, but Netscape was already entering what would become a death spiral. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Be sure to check out the website www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. See you next week.